You're listening to Hive Hoops, a Charlotte Hornets podcast. Here's your host, Joshua Balta. We are back at it here at Hive Hoops. Your host, Joshua Balta, coming at you. And today we have a special guest, Darian Thomas from Trust the Buzz is with us today. Darian, how you doing, man? Good, good. How are you? How are you? Oh, I, I mean, I've been better. Uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> currently uh, battling. I, I told you before the episode started, I'm currently right. battling, uh, you know, about with COVID. Uh, I've had a couple not so great days, but, uh, you know, I'm still going. Um, feeling a little bit better today. I'm on I'm, I'm I'm farther down the process, but we going hope. I think we're going to be all right. I think we're going to be all right. Uh, <laughs> it's been a, you know, a wild, uh, you know, since the pandemic started, it's been a while, right. but uh, I'm feeling better. I'm thinking that, you know, I'm going to be all right, but uh, man, I'm glad to have you on. I'm glad to be here. Glad to be here for sure. Good. Good. Now today we're going to get into a few things. So of course, we're going to recap a little bit of the Bucks game from last night we're actually recording this today so this episode is going to drop in just a little bit everybody who's okay. listening. so we we're recording this early in the morning we woke up because we want to give you guys we want to provide you with all this content we wanted to wake you up this morning with all the big things talking surrounding the charlotte hornet so we did this for you now we're going to get into the bucks game of course uh we're first half the hornets look pretty good um, and are we starting to get a little worried that this Charlotte Hornets team is going to be a bit too good down the stretch? Um, that kind of ruins that whole bottom, <laughs> uh, bottom echelon of the league. Yeah. LaMelo ball setting a franchise record with triple doubles. And then of course, trade deadline coming up eight days away. We're going to get into a little bit of talk about that as well. But first, let's go back. Darian, what uh, what were your thoughts last night on the Bucks game? The Hornets ended up coming up short, uh, played really well through a really great first half, in my opinion. Uh, really looked pretty good through three as well. I think they were down seven going into the fourth. Ended up coming short, up short in Milwaukee. But what were your big takeaways from last night? My biggest takeaway would be it does it doesn't look like it because I'm looking back at Giannis had 34 points, but my biggest takeaway is the defense PJ played on Giannis. Despite Giannis playing bully ball, but that's what Giannis does. It's really hard to guard him, especially when you're just it's, with PJ, it's like physicality on physicality. Giannis is always gonna win that matchup. But the way PJ was moving uh when he was defending him, I mean, the only fouls that Giannis was getting was fouls that he was kind of causing. Uh, and we all know Giannis is really good at that. But that was probably one of my biggest takeaways is that uh, how well P.J. played, especially we're hearing about more how the Hornets are looking to actually keep him because we know at the beginning of the year he wanted $20 million, I believe. And then the Hornets are like, yeah, we're good on that. But now the $20 million is still steep. But if anything this team needs, they need someone that is willing to defend, that can kind of defend those tweener guys who aren't quite centers, but they're also not necessarily a, a wing either. And that's what we have PJ for. So I feel like that's going to be very vital 
to any team, uh, especially this team, considering I have no idea where else they would get it from. The only thing with PJ is sometimes offense is a little inconsistent. But that was probably my biggest takeaway was just because we need that. We And we're looking for it. You know, some, some people think it might be Jalen McDaniels. Uh, but I really think it might be PJ. And I know it's tough because he is due for a contract, but that was something that was really important because we don't have that anywhere else on the roster um, as of right now. And then I have no idea personally where we would even get it from because I wouldn't want them to draft someone like that in the upcoming draft. So that was probably my biggest takeaway just because I don't know where else we're going to get that type of you know effort on defense as far as that PJ was given against Giannis for those type of players. And we know the way the league is transforming. There's so many players not obviously not like Giannis, but in that tweener role where they're not necessarily a wing, but they're definitely not a center either. So who do you put on guarding him? You can't put Mark Williams on him. Kai Jones is a little too far. And then, that, I mean, that's really it. And then Nick Richards, no offense to him. I mean, I love Nick Richards, but he stays no chance yeah. as far as, you know, trying to guard those kind of guys. So that's where Jalen McDaniels and PJ come in. Um, but PJ, I think he did a really good job despite Giannis is 34. I'm really glad that you brought up PJ and his effort. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a weird night. I think um, I think Giannis only had 19 going into the fourth quarter, I believe. Yeah. I may be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure he only had 19 going into the fourth. And then he kind of had like had a quiet explosion there in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter. Um he Giannis, I, I like Giannis. Uh he's I in my opinion, he's one of the more likable superstars. Uh he's all he's always giving you really, you know. Good content in the pressers, uh, seems humble, humble uh, beginnings, humble origins, all of those things. He seems to be, you know, pretty level headed, um, you know, in those areas of his life. But man, he was stat chasing last night. Oh, for sure. Like what? Like the Hornets, you can hear Clifford. You can hear Clifford saying, don't foul, don't foul. And so all the Hornets put their hands behind their back and they're just kind of sliding their feet. Right. And then Giannis just goes straight to the hole and lays it in. <laughs> and it was like 30, was it 40 seconds left? Something like it was under a minute, I believe. Oh, he, it was, I was I, like, I think it was under 30 seconds left. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? And then he chased down blocks. Oh, well, who was yeah. it? I forgot who it was. I don't I remember who. I don't yeah, remember I who remember. tried to lay uh lay it in for us at the end, but he chased down blocks and goes tumbling into the <laughs> to the cameras in the front row behind the stanchion. I'm like. What is this guy doing? But it was one of those. Um, he hit a three in the fourth quarter. Oh, that and that was a uh, heat check three too. It wasn't even because he he paused for a little bit and PJ didn't even really give him that much room. But no. he also didn't guard him, which I understand. Is Giannis exactly? And Giannis just shot, put it up there, and it went in. Yeah, it was overall though. I know that we just kind of you know we wrap a hold a little bit on Giannis real quick. Um, I just never really seen him do th- those things before. No. He's that guy that, you know, no, my stats don't matter and, you know, all those things. But I'm wondering if maybe this whole, like, Jokic went in a third MVP and, <laughs> you know, he's right there. I, I, I'm wondering if that's starting to get to him a little bit. Like, damn, Jokic is going to take another one away from me. You know what I'm <laughs> That would be crazy because him <laughs> and Joel Embiid and Jokic are all having amazing seasons. Man, it's been it's been incredible. And it's hard not to, if, especially if the Nuggets stay one. But back to the Hornets. I'm glad you brought up PJ because I thought the same thing. PJ did a really good job. And, of course, when Giannis starts attacking, um, you know, he tries to play that bully ball, like you said. And oftentimes – um, it wasn't all PJ, 
P.J. didn't right. allow Giannis to score 34 points, right. you know. Yeah. Um, but Giannis goes, you know, puts his head down. He gets to the free throw line. Um, just inside, there was one. I saw a couple people sharing some things. Uh, we didn't box out like other players no, that yeah. were back on him. Like, I think Mark missed a box out on Giannis where he got a rebound and a putback. I know Plumlee mm-hmm. had one where he didn't box out and there was a putback. You know, so, I mean – those things add up. But PJ is such an interesting talking piece and conversation currently amongst this fan base. And this is going to sound kind of lame because the the name comparison is right there. Mm-hmm. But I, I truly believe, like, PJ Tucker, all right, mm-hmm. keeps getting deals. He, the man's 33. It's 34, 35 right. years old. Right. And doesn't score. And really, his defense isn't all that now. But yeah. it's, you know he's going to try. You know he's going to rally the guys. And you yeah. know he's not just going to allow someone to get like 40. I mean, you know. but Exactly. So, yeah, I get what you're saying. But he's that guy that multiple teams were going after this offseason. With money, too. With like, money. Not even veteran minimums. It yeah, no. I, 13 million, 10 million. Yeah, he ended up signing for like 10, 12, 13. Mm-hmm. Something in there like he was highly desired by teams because what he does is he's going to provide you defense and he's going to be able to hit those corner threes. I think the last few seasons he's led the league in corner threes because that's what he does. He just camps PJ Washington Mm -hmm. can actually move around the floor and provide three point shooting all across the arc. Right. And then he can also put the ball on the floor sometimes. Now we get a little nervous sometimes (laughs) when he starts dribbling too much. But he can put the ball on the deck. He's added that, like, little, like, jump floater. Right. Like He's he's definitely added a lot to his game just this year alone. Yeah, it's almost like him and LaMelo were in the gym together. And he's (laughs) like, hey, man, I need to add this to my repertoire. Right. You know, or something. But I'm – I'm really glad that the Hornets didn't sign him for the 20 mil and kind of given him this space because I felt like that was his ceiling already. Right. It didn't feel like he was going to like do one of those things where he was going to exceed that number. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of the thinking from the Hornets brass. But those guys, like you said, that can defend and hit threes. Now he is streaky. Yeah. And there are some inconsistencies there, but we've got to remember he's still on his rookie deal, you know? Sure. And so these guys who can provide this, um, I was big on PJ Washington coming into the season. I thought he, we were going to see a massive leap and in ways we have, well, I wouldn't say massive, but we've seen leaps. He's career high in points, um, rebounds. I, I That's something that I think we've, want to see more of right because out of your power forward you need more than just five rebounds again (laughs) you know or that's what you that's what you hope especially with a team that you know doesn't have that number one center option now Plumlee's playing out of his mind as of late he has he has been playing and so we need to give him his love and his flowers where he's due but you know even so Plumlee's still probably not starting on what 20 25 or 26 other nba teams around the league and so 
I'm glad you brought up PJ Washington. I value PJ highly. I do too. Um, I want him back next year. I want him back on a on a contract that makes sense for both sides. I'm never against guys making money mm-hmm. and getting paid, but then also you don't want to do that as a at a detriment whew, towards your team. You never want to for do sure. that. Because we're just um, so, now getting like out of that with, uh, I mean, Gordon Hayward, and then I wouldn't necessarily say Terry Rozier, but it was premature, uh, just because I get that they wanted to extend him, but he had time like before they had to resign him. Yeah. Um, but now you're in a situation where, I mean, granted, a lot of the things were out of Hornets control, but now you're in a situation where you're paying two guys who one doesn't play that often, and the other one, as good as he's been lately, it's still not. I guess what what you paid for, but also you know you thought you would have a couple other players by now uh, that you don't have, so it's kind of that that deal. So I get it. It's going to be really tough for the Hornets to kind of decide what to do with PJ because any long term deal right now seems a little scary for them, just because they I don't think they have an idea of what is going to happen as far as just what the team is going to look like. You know, you sign PJ to a long term deal and then you pick up. I know we're talking about a draft later, but you pick up a guy like Brandon Miller or something. Where does PJ fit then? Uh, because Brandon Miller is kind of play. He's kind of in the same. They're different players, but they're in the same role, same position, kind, kind, kind of. So, what do you do with that? And, and I mean, I know PJ's not going to want to come off the bench, so it, that that's where it gets tricky for them. Is where it comes more so about the future than PJ himself. That's a great point. That is a fantastic point because I think that's where there is some worry and concern both in the fan base and in the front office Mm -hmm. is the last few guys that this team has extended or offered a big contract to, it hasn't really worked out. Mm -hmm. And so this whole PJ Washington thing where, you know, we're possibly looking at $20 million a year. Is he worth that? And I think that's where a lot of the worry within the fan Mm -hmm. base comes from. And then also the front office, quite frankly. They haven't gotten that value from uh, Hayward. Rogier, uh, he's on year uh, year one of that right. four-year deal. So, I mean, we really haven't even seen that yet. But so far, it hasn't made a big enough difference this season. Right, now, right. Some people may say, you know, the team's been too injured, you know, and lean mm-hmm. heavily into that narrative. Other people, you know, may say, well, he's been inefficient and he hasn't been able to carry the team and a 25 mil per guy, 24 mil, I think, needs to be able to do that. And he's just not that kind of guy, not that kind of player. And so, yeah, I I think that's good. Now, you brought up Brandon Miller, okay? Hopefully, we ain't got to talk about no Brandon Millers (laughs) in Charlotte. Okay, and so I heard you talking about Brandon Miller. I didn't want to hear it, but I let you I I let you get off right there. I let you get get in what you wanted to say. Are the Charlotte Hornets after last night? Look, Milwaukee Bucks, one of the best teams in the league, title contenders lost on the road. There's nothing wrong. The Hornets and they were close to full health now. uh, What Chris Middleton played a lot of minutes and played very well. Exactly. Uh, Joe Ingles is back, which is probably their best perimeter shooter at this point now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that guy's been deadly for the for the Jazz for years, um, right. even though he doesn't offer as much defensively. But that team's healthy. And so the Hornets were going up in Milwaukee against title contenders who are healthy, 
and went toe to toe with them for really that entire game. It was a it was a six seven point game with like two minutes to go. Um, do you believe after the Hornets beat Miami Heat at home, took it to the Bucks for nearly four quarters, made them sweat yeah, a little bit? Do you believe the Hornets are going to be too good down the stretch and quite possibly ruin this whole, you know, top two pick thing and have to be in the conversation for the Brandon Millers? Uh, too good. Uh, I would say it depends. It depends on this draft. Uh, well, not, it depends on the trade deadline. Um, we have seen that the Pistons and the Rockets are shameless with their tanking. The Hornets are at least, if anything, because I know people's like, why don't they just sit certain guys or not hold out guys? I think the Hornets are actually afraid of uh, the threat, I'll say, that Adam Silver made at the beginning of the season, is that if you're tanking, you will, you know, be in trouble. And so the Hornets, imagine if they got, imagine if they're the ones for whatever reason called out for the, for tanking. That would, we're already had a setback. Bro. That would destroy the the franchise like it literally i'm not going to go as far as like oh they're not going to be no but that yeah, would literally kill them why did you just even just why'd you put that into the universe <laughs> why did you well, do that well i'm saying they're doing a good job <laughs> of making sure they don't get in trouble for it as opposed to the pistons rockets spurs to an extent they're, they're like hey look if this guy's toe hurts we're not we're not playing them as opposed to hornets they're more i feel like they're more afraid of that even happening so they're taking like kind of like the, they're following the rules to a T. I think that so a lot of people I know get on them because they're like, oh, Mark Williams should play all these minutes and these guys should play all these minutes. But I think the Hornets are trying to be very careful how they approach the situation because, like I said, Pistons, Rockets, they're shamelessly like everybody's just chucking up shots. Uh, Alfred Sengun for the Rockets, he's really good, but he's chuck, chucking up shots in the paint. Uh, Josh Green, we see, or uh, Jalen Green, he which one is it? Is Josh Green in, 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 uh, What's his name? He's just chucking up shots. Kevin Porter Jr. chucking up shots. We saw the Pistons take out Cade Cunningham for what was supposed to be a short-term injury. They were like, you're not playing all year. So I feel like the Hornets are just being really careful about not doing that because with the Charlotte Hornets luck, if they do what these other teams are doing or if they do what OKC has done for years, they would be the ones to be in trouble. So I actually commend them for doing it the right way because – Going into the season, I didn't think the team was good enough. I, I I just didn't, and so I felt like you just run the guys out there. You're gonna you're gonna get the result as far as uh as far as just being at the bottom. I don't think they'll end up top three. Uh, but like I said, it depends on the trade deadline. I don't think they'll end up top three. They might be too good for top three. But we see the Lloyd this lottery works. It that you know the top three teams don't get them don't get the top player that often. Um, like the Pelicans. I know everyone uses that as an example because I think that was the first year of the new odds. Pelicans jumped from like ninth to first and got Zion. Yeah. So I, uh, I, I don't know if they'll be good enough to necessarily be top three, but I, I, I don't have two concerns that they'll get one or two. Uh, but also, I mean, if it doesn't happen, this draft is really deep. So the my thing with the Hornets is that where they're drafting, the answer has to be right in front of them. If it's not, that's when they make the mistake. Luckily in this draft, one through – I'll give it eight. It's pretty – you can switch the guy – well, one three through six – well, three through eight, you can switch all you want. One and two stays the same. Uh, yeah. Victor and Scoot. 
But three through eight, you can switch all those guys, and you, you – I mean, it depends on what you want, what you need. You'll be happy with what you get. So I wouldn't be too concerned uh, as far as the answers right in front of him, like the James Booknight thing. I, I love James Booknight at UConn, but I, so I understood why some people are like, oh, we don't need a guy like this. And then especially considering they re-signed Terry Rozier, so then I was like, why are we getting a, maybe a little bit taller Terry Rozier? Uh, yeah. at, at that point, maybe a little more athletic because he was like dunking on people at UConn. I, I don't know what happened. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so the answer is going to be right in front of them in this draft. So if they do not get the top two, if they end up three through eight, the answer will be right in front of them. If you leave it up to a decision, like the year where they drafted Michael Kidd Gilchrist second, because at, at that point it was kind of one of those things where, oh, Michael Kidd Gilchrist, really, if you look back, he really wasn't considered a top three pick. It was it was Anthony Davis, Brad Beal. I can't remember who the third guy was. It was a guy who doesn't even play anymore. But that was it. No one really talked about Michael Kidd Gilchrist. But at that time, we all know Michael Jordan was really into we like Kentucky, we like UConn, we like Duke, we like UNC. Yeah. In Indiana for yeah. So it felt so like if, we were if always, they didn't go to them schools, we're not drafting. Always drafting from the from the you know just big brands in college basketball. But, yeah, this team has shown over the last, what, week and a half, I think they've mm-hmm. won four out of seven, um, that this team could have been competent had they have been semi-healthy. Now, I don't lean too too much into the mm-hmm. too, too injured theme. Yeah, I don't either. Because other teams, when they have guys out, generally speaking, uh, they play hard. They play pretty well. um, And they find ways to win games. Now, the Hornets' lack of talent and who was injured added to that. Mm -hmm. Uh, First-year coach trying to, you know, really get into uh, his system and his mind and his way of playing and thinking and processing the game. So I think all of those things were going to take time. Um, the Hornets are going to win some games down the stretch. I think they have, so. They have the fifth easiest schedule remaining out of all teams. Uh, play the Magic multiple times, with the, which the Magic have been playing better. Um, they have some of the other bottom-tier teams down the stretch here. So the Hornets are going to win more games. But when you look at the standings and having to clear – certain numbers of games. I think the only other team really that the Hornets might could pass other than the Spurs would be the Magic. Mm-hmm. Uh because every other team has at least 22, yeah. 23 wins. Hornets are at 15. So you're you're thinking the Hornets would have to overcome an eight game differential down the stretch in what? 25 games? Yeah. Something along those lines, um, 30, 25, 30 games have to make yeah. an eight-game difference. That's going to be really tough. So I think at the end, you're looking at the Hornets at worst or at, are going to fall to like the fifth worst team, mm-hmm. have the fifth best lottery odds. Um, so I'm not too worried about that. Um, if the Hornets had won last night, though, and pulled off that game, I think we may have been singing a different tune today. Going into Milwaukee, winning that game, 
I think that would have changed some some uh, ideas. The Hornets would have only been seven games behind the Bulls with the, that being the next game. If they right. beat the Bulls, all of a sudden now they're only six games behind the Bulls for the and 10 the, seed. Yeah, I was about to say the Bulls are right outside the play-in. So that would Yeah. And so I mean you're you're talking, I don't know, because this organization's been chasing wins all season. That's what they've been doing. Right. Like you said, whether it's because they're fearful of, you know, getting the first hammer <laughs> from Adam Sil- Silver, I don't know. But this team's been chasing wins and their their sights have been focused solely on winning. And so um I think a win against the Bucks and then possibly a win against the Bulls would have changed that. But the Hornets do play some good teams down the stretch. They're not going to win enough games, I don't believe. Um right. there's probably going to be another Gordon Hayward injury somewhere in there. Yeah, I mean, and then honest. Mason Plumley might be gone. Yeah, like you know, we got stuff coming up. Mason Plumley, you just mentioned, might be gone. Trade deadline. Okay. First, I want to throw this at you. I know uh, we only got a couple more minutes. Um, but I want to throw this at you. Who should be gone come February the 10th, the day after the NBA trade deadline? It's a, quite a few guys. Um, Mason Plumley, of course. Uh, I mean, what's crazy is Mason Plum. I would actually like to have as a backup, but I it just wouldn't make sense the way this team is. If it was like last year's team with a starting center, Mason Plumley would be an amazing backup. But uh, Mason Plumley, Kelly Oubre, I'm actually not concerned about his hand injury. I feel like a lot of teams will feel like he got surgery early enough to where he's going to come back and be fine. Also, you got to think about the teams that would be trading for him. I, I don't know if this is fact. I haven't heard any rumors, but let's say teams like the Warriors, teams like the Suns, they're not going to need him as soon as February 10th hits. They're going to need him, what, April 17th, around that time when the playoffs start. That's when they're going to need him. That's when they're going to need him to be at his best. So I feel like teams aren't going to be scared, aren't going to be scared to trade for Kelly Oubre. So I think he'll be gone. Um, who else? Uh, that uh, that should be is still a lot. Like Gordon Hayward should, but that's not going to happen. Terry Rozier should. That's not going to happen. Uh, Jalen McDaniels is an interesting one. His his name is is getting picked up a lot around the league. Um, and you know he the Hornets I think only signed him for this year, so he would be an unrestricted free agent going into next year. Uh, so I that would that would be an interesting one because if you're the Hornets, you you don't. He he's made a jump. That's one thing I always say is that he's still making jumps at his age. Um, but it's just, do you want to pay him $10 million when you don't even know what your roster looks like? $10 million to a guy like him, when you have your team and you're just like filling out pieces, perfect. But your starting lineup's not even complete yet <laughs> before you can sign a guy like him to $10 million who really just now at 25, 26, well, 24 or 25, because yesterday was his birthday. Yeah. Uh, you, do you want to sign a guy for $10 million and he's just now becoming this uh, very competent role player? I think before he was a competent role player, a guy where, you know, he's the 10th man off the bench, but you're not mad at it. Like, okay, we can get some value out of the 10th man out of, out of out of our bench. But now he's like 6th man, 7th man. Do you want to pay him that? And then also, you know, he's streaky as well with scoring. Do you want your 6th, 7th man getting paid $10 million to not even really be a true scorer? I, I don't know. And, and it's hard for them to know, you know, like I said, you don't have a starting center. 
you're assuming you don't have a starting small forward because Gordon Hayward is in that weird. I mean, he technically can be your starting small forward, but like we're talking future. Um, you still don't, you're still unsure about the power forward position. You would like it to be PJ, but it's it's possible he could go. It's possible that he just may never ever be that starting power forward and then shooting guard with Terry Rozier. He's your starter for sure, but that's because of contract, not because of talent, skill. Not saying Terry Rozier is not talented. We've seen Terry Rozier take over games plenty of times. And he looked, he looked, we talked about it before the show. We he looked good last night and then he ran into a cold streak. At first he wasn't getting the ball, then he was like warming up. And then he just went on a cold streak. But so it's not like he's bad, but it's just, you know, it's just how it is. You don't know. You can't you that is proven enough that that LaMelo Terry Rozier backcourt's not going to work. Uh, LaMelo is still he still fouls a lot. So you need someone that's didn't like if you can mix Dennis Smith Jr. and Terry Rozier, I think you'll be more happy with what you got. But you can't because yeah. you, you literally are giving up one or the other with one or the other. You yeah. put in Dennis Smith Jr. You're not scoring. You put in Terry Rozier. You you're scoring, but your defense is. I mean, also Terry Rozier is undersized, six one, guarding shooting guards most of the time, or the starting like or the lead guard. Um, yeah. that that's something that I looked at before to see. He was doing it a lot last season where he was guarding guys that he had no business guarding, mm-hmm. and it was not his fault. That's just how the team was. And it, again, he's doing it this year. So I know a lot of people say, "Well, Terry Rozier's not good on defense," and it's like he's not really giving a fair shot. Believe it or not, Terry Rozier last year, and I found this on Basketball Index was guarding centers more than almost any other guard in the league. Why is 6'1 Terry Rozier guarding centers? And now I, I don't think he's guarding centers as much this year, but he's still guarding guys significantly taller than him. So, Yeah, that's just roster construction. Uh, he's a better defender than LaMelo. Now, I know there's a lot of people out there that would be like, no, you know, no, he's not. LaMelo gets more steals and all of those things. While I do believe that LaMelo is an instinctive defensive player. Right. He's not a where you need to be sliding your feet, staying in front of people defensively, right. being in the right spots. He gets ball watching too many too often. Um, Terry Rozier's better on ball than right. Lamelo is, and so what happens is, like you said, Terry Rozier ends up guarding guys that he has no business guarding just because he's the best thing you have on the floor in order to do so. Right? Because what you want to do is you want to put Lamelo on a guy that's less apt to score Mm -hmm. so he can use those basketball instincts and sometimes it works for you sometimes it gets you in trouble um Jalen McDaniels is interesting to me he's been getting a lot of buzz um because like you were saying he he's showing you that he's capable and you made the statement you don't want your sixth seventh eighth guy you know, making that kind of money. And when you have all of these other holes and gaps on your team, because he's not coming into your starting lineup to Mm -hmm. be a solidified 25, 30 minute player a night. He's not that kind of guy. Right. The Hornets did pay Cody Martin last season. I forgot about that. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. So, I want to throw this at you real quick. Cody Martin or Jalen McDaniels, who would you rather be a part of this Charlotte Hornets team moving forward? That is a really tough answer. Um, oh, man. I know. It's really hard because Cody Martin hasn't played, but I know what he can do defensively. 
I would have to go Jalen McDaniels just because of the offense. While streaky, he just provides so much more offense. Granted, what I've seen from Cody Martin this year, he was hurt. So, like, a lot of his offense just did not look good. He's hurt. He's literally hurt. So, I can't hold it too much, but Jalen McDaniels is just a little bit of everything where I do see him getting better at defense. If anything, I think he's going to get better at defense. Jalen McDaniels, he has all the tools. He actually wants to play defense. So, I feel like he's going to get better. And it's, as much as I like Cody Martin what he does for this team, it wasn't like he was this Kawhi Leonard-type defender. So, I would much rather take a little bit of defense away and add a lot more offense than vice versa. So, should the Charlotte Hornets look to move Cody Martin during the trade deadline? It's going to be hard. It is going to be extremely difficult. If anything, and this sounds crazy, but if anything, it's going to be a lot based on what his brother is doing in Miami. People are like, oh, well, one can do that because we know that's how the NBA works. Is like, especially with, with related players, like you know, brothers always get a chance when they when another brother is doing so well at a high level, on mm-hmm. you know, on a special team. So. I, that could Cody, Cody was supposed to be the better of the two. He was. He was, right? for sure. He's just been derailed by injury. And right. so, yeah, I, you know, while you were saying that, it just kind of popped in my mind, like, you were explaining Jalen, and it just brought me back to Cody. I know we've missed him a lot uh, right. due to injury, and maybe that would be a concern of other teams. But at this point, if you were picking between the two, Jalen's more lengthy. Um he offers you more, um, I guess you would say, variety defensively because of right. his length, because of his size. Uh, and then offensively, you probably like what he offers you a little bit better. Right. Um, okay. All right, man. Yeah, yeah. I think Plumlee's got to go, uh, not because he's been bad, uh, but just because it's time to open up those minutes. I think sure. a, I think multiple things can be true. Mason, we can give Mason Plumlee his love. And his flowers, while also saying he's not a part of the future, um, it would not surprise me if Mitch gave him a deal to be a veteran presence on this team moving forward for the next season or two. Though it wouldn't oh, that wouldn't me. surprise me at all. Would not surprise me not one bit. That would feel so Mitch Kupchak for sure. Um, it just would. Uh, Terry, I don't think he's going to get moved. I think. I think Kupchak kind of likes the roster. He's looking at these last seven games. The Hornets have been a tough out. They've won a lot of games. Um, I'm thinking that he kind of likes where this team is. He he wants to add the rookie, maybe add a piece this summer, maybe do something. I don't know. Uh, It's always hard to get into that man's mind. But, um, hey, man, I've appreciated you being on. LaMelo Ball, okay, set a franchise record last night. Yeah, uh, with eight triple doubles, is that the fact that eight triple doubles set the franchise record is insane is, to me? That's pretty telling of the franchise, right? For sure. <laughs> that sounded for so sure. sad. That sounded for sure. That was such a sad answer. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Still happy for Lamelo. Um, you know he's he's doing things. You know that we need and um, really do it when he's on the floor. He just opens up the entire, the entire roster uh, offensively. Um, Hey man, let everybody know uh, where they can find you, where they can find you, YouTube, Twitter, all your things. Uh, So 
real quick before I go to work, uh, <laughs> trust the buzz at, on YouTube. I talk about, I used to do daily content, but then I'm about to move. So that's been really hard to do. But uh, yeah, daily con content, um, I talk about everything from transactions to game recaps, and just conspiracies, just all kinds of things. So make sure you go on YouTube and type in Trust the Buzz. You'll see me there. And then also on Twitter, uh, I go by Trust Buzz. So T-R-U-Z-Z-B-U-Z-Z -Z -Z on Twitter. Um, I also have uh, NBA Draft Nerds. That's my Twitter handle where I talk about everything NBA Draft. And then also on YouTube, I have NBA, NBA well, what is it called? It's just called Draft Nerds on um youtube uh i just started that because i was bored i'm a huge unc fan um and then let's go one, baby go heels and they made me upset when they were just playing so bad they were winning at the beginning but they were playing so bad and then uh so i made a video and then it did well and then i made a video because arkansas i don't know how much college basketball you watch but they have like a team full of first round picks so i did a video on it and it got like 20k so i was like maybe i should keep doing this and so i haven't been doing it as of late because i've been like i said moving um, but yeah, thank you so much for having me on here and I really appreciate it, man. Hey, no problem, man. I'm gonna have to get you back. Uh, I know that you were spitting, you know, three through eight in the draft, one through two solidified, but three through eight is interchangeable when it's draft time. I'm gonna have to get you back on here, man. So you can, uh, you know, drop some of, uh, your knowledge on us there. I've appreciated you being on, had a lot of fun with you, man. Thanks for jumping on another episode of Hive Hoops. Until next time, adios. Thanks for listening to Hive Hoops, presented by The League. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be sure to leave a review and let us know what you thought of the episode. Thanks again from Hive Hoops. Hoops.